This is Unplugged, 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 Unplugged. Welcome to this episode of Unplugged. This is part two. This is a follow-up with part one that I did uh, two days ago regarding placing more demand on the anointing and power of God, uh, getting with heaven's agenda and wrestling for the blessing. So we're just going to pick up right from there. And the theme of part one, which will still be the theme of this part two, is basically on those three points. Get with heaven's agenda, place more demand on the anointing and power of God in every area of your life, and wrestle for the blessing like Jacob did. And also, we can only place... The only way we can place more demand on the anointing and power of God is by increasing our expectation for his deliverance. So this for 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 today's part two, I'm just going to dive right into some of the things that the spirit of the Lord shared with me. As I said, this was on August 31st and September 1st. And I feel that these were not only shared with me or for my own benefit, but to also distribute them and share them with as many people as I can. And so I thought, why not share them through the, 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 the podcast airwaves? And But the general theme of, of both of these ministrations from the Spirit of the Lord are really when you look at all of them, I'm just gonna read off the points and we'll try to explain. We'll see if the, the spirit has something else to say. But the general theme is that it's time for us to get with heaven's agenda. Heaven is moving forward because of the crescendo of the coming back of Christ for those who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you if you're not a believer in God or you don't believe in the Lord Jesus Christ coming back or then this probably won't make any sense to you. But anyways, for those of us who believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, get with heaven's agenda. What's heaven's agenda? From the book of Genesis to Revelation, there's a forward pointing arrow, which shows things are moving forward towards a specific, uh, uh, specific agenda, destiny and prophetic agenda, which is the return of Christ. The end of the ages. And we already see so many signs happening right now. Wars, rumors of wars, pestilences, plagues, sicknesses, people boastfulness, people become lovers of themselves, people will 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 disregard natural affection. Um so many everything that the scriptures talk about, it's happening. So get with heaven's agenda. So you will understand more of this as I start to mention some of these points. So let's get right into it. So this was the 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 the, the points that I wrote down as the Spirit of the Lord was talking to me on, on August 31st. And this is what it says. Point number one. Tell everyone you can 
that whoever will tie their talents, the talents are given them to kingdom ROI, that is to the benefit of harvesting souls for my kingdom, them I will partner with immediately in any area of their lives. Tell everyone you can that whoever will tie their talents, the talents that I have given them, to kingdom ROI. Basically, kingdom ROI is return on investment. But for the kingdom, the only way heaven really measures uh, kingdom ROI is souls. That's the sole purpose of why God so loved the world. He gave. His only begotten son that whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish but have eternal life. So the main agenda of heaven right now is to win as many souls, in, bring as many souls into the kingdom of God before the return of Christ. Because once Christ comes back, right now we are in the, what is called the age of grace. And once Christ comes back, there'll be a rapture. But after that, the people who remain behind there is a tribulation, the great tribulation. The scripture says there has never been a time like the great tribulation. It says nothing has happened in history. There's no pain. There's no torment. There's nothing that has happened in history that will eclipse or will ever be similar to the great tribulation. So you don't want to be here for that. Anyways. So kingdom ROI, which is kingdom return on investment for heaven, heaven measures it in the amount of souls that are entering heaven. So what the Spirit of the Lord is saying, whatever talents I've given you, whether it's teaching, whether it's music, whether it's business, whether it's poetry, whether it's art and craft, whether it's design, whatever talent you, you have right now, if you direct that talent to the benefit of harvesting souls for God's kingdom, he is immediately going to partner with you in any area of your life. Point number two, if your product, your project, your friendship, your marriage, your desire and passion will bring direct kingdom ROI, then I am seeking to partner with you. Wow. Do you get that? If your product, your project, your friendship, your marriage, any partnership, whatever desire you have and passion you have, if it will bring direct kingdom ROI, then the Lord is seeking to partner with you. Point number three, this is how I'm pouring out my spirit upon all flesh. You know, we read in Joel, I think it's Joel chapter two, someone says, in, in, in the last days, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh well how is he going to pour out his spirit his anointing the, the pouring that he's talking about here is is the anointing is the capability and the ability to do things on god's level we've seen in history god pours out his spirit on people and they do special things not just in biblical history but even in 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 in, in outside biblical history because not everything that has happened in history is recorded in the Bible. But from scripture reference, we see that's how God moves. When God wants to do something big, he looks for someone and he pulls out a special anointing, ability to do something 
that makes people go, wow, that must be God working in that person because we, we've known them before and they weren't that person. So where did this new ability come, come, come on them? So this is how I'm pouring out my spirit upon all flesh is in whether it's a, it's a business, it's an idea, it's music, it's craft, it's your, it, it's, it's your cooking, it's a, whatever talent you have, whether it's your marriage, your partnership, your friendship, whatever it is, if it's going to bring direct kingdom ROI, I am seeking to partner with you. Point number four, if you are, unapo if you are unapologetically unashamed about the gospel, I will partner with you. Uh, now, that, that probably will get a lot of Christians. We have a lot of Christians who are closet Christians. It says, if you are unapologetically unashamed about the gospel, I will partner with you. Point number five, the children of the devil are no longer hiding their messaging or branding of unrighteousness. Therefore, I need my own children to do the same in my name. The children of the devil, the people of the world, the people who don't basically believe in God, you know, the people who they think life revolves around them, they're no longer hiding their messaging or branding of unrighteousness. Unrighteousness right now is on public display. Everybody has an opinion. Uh, my body, my choice. Um, it's my rights to do this. I can do this. It's what I feel like. If you feel like doing it, we can't tell you anything. Otherwise, as long as a thousand people get together and they start, get behind one opinion, it becomes truth. So he's saying all these kind of people are no longer hiding their messaging or branding of unrighteousness. Therefore, I need my own children to do the same in my name. Point number six, I believe. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yes, point number six. Point number six is whenever you express goodness in some shape, form, or fashion, I want you to say that I am doing this on behalf of Jesus that people need to know you know you know you 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 want you want to you want to you're in a lineup and you offer to pay someone's groceries don't just do it and, and keep quiet it's it's a moment it's an opportunity for you to say hey you know Jesus wants to pay for your groceries today you know the Lord has put it on my heart to pay for your groceries today. You know, Jesus wants to bless you with a coffee. Or, yeah, so whenever you express goodness in some shape, fashion, or form, I want you to say that I am doing this on behalf of Jesus Christ. Okay, point number seven. Now, some people might really like this one. I am putting marriages together for kingdom ROI. You see, God, God is not, you know, Putting, bringing people together into marriage to take cute Instagram pictures, to do TikTok videos for following. No, no, no. So if, if you're wondering why 
you know you're married and you believe you should be you gotta know that if you want god to if you want this process to have a fast tracking you need to reposition your heart and say okay my marriage is going to is going to be for the glory of the kingdom of god this is how we're going to use our marriage for kingdom roi kingdom return on the investment meaning god miraculously brings someone into your face into your space um god works on their heart god works in your heart realigns both of you you fall in love but it's all happening so fast it's because you now understand that the marriage partnership that you desire is not just to take cute instagram pictures or to do TikTok videos or youtube vlogs of, of where you know it is for kingdom roi which means it is to inspire other people and win souls for the kingdom of god or it's to help other people seek healthy uh marriages not not just is, is to say is to bring hope back into this union of marriage that's a lot of people think uh you know it, it doesn't have any significance that you can walk in and out of a marriage you can get married and have five divorces you know if it doesn't work you move on to the next one there are some celebrities who can't keep a marriage together and these are the people that we esteem you know they've been they they done married six people now we ain't we ain't trying to call out people but we're saying there's something wrong there's something wrong if you if 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 a woman who's supposed to be you know a beautiful woman at least from the outside and you can tell um why can't you keep a man together you know or a man you know who's supposed to be you know beautiful by you know by outward appearance it's because marriage is, goes beyond that it's a thing of the heart it's a thing of the soul so people are empty on the on the inside but these are the people who go on representing marriage and and, and they then one marriage three years next one for two years next one for six months they, they're hopping all over the place they're empty inside but these are the people who hold up culture and and young children grow up and think that that's okay they say well if someone so who's famous can't keep it together then how can i keep it together if someone so who's beautiful who has a body that they put on a magazine cannot even keep it together then where is hope for me it's because these people get into these marriages for the wrong reason they get into these marriages for publicity but the lord is saying i am putting marriages together for kingdom roi it's go time again if you know that heaven's agenda right now is pointing is is heating up it's becoming heightened because heaven is, is 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 doing you know last minute preparations for the return of christ you know there's no time to mess around you know you want to get into a purposeful driven marriage not just for instagram pictures or youtube vlogs okay point number eight i want you to walk in the divine health of holy communion tell my children to practice this as often as they can now the the body of christ 
I had a chance to share with 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 a fellowship, a men's a men's group this past Saturday. And I, I was sharing with them that in my personal life, I have made taking Holy Communion a ritual. It, it's not just one thing that God did not say, uh, you know, do it monthly. No, he said as often as you take it. So I take it for everything. I take it for my physical health, mental health, spiritual health, purity, to wash myself. If my mind has wandered off in places it shouldn't, just to cleanse my garment of righteousness. You know, that's that's what I do. That's what that's how I use communion. And that's what you should do as well. You should make it a habit to take communion daily. At least every other day, something like that. Walk in the divine health of Holy Communion. There's a lot of Christians who are sick. And they, and they have these recurring ailments, these things that use Holy Communion to obliterate, to destroy sickness out of your body. There's three things that you need to understand about Holy Communion. Holy Communion affects us on three levels. On a spiritual level, it cleanses us from sin, but it also affects us on a soul level. Because human beings, we are spirit, soul, and body. And Holy Communion affects us on those three levels. Or it benefits us on those three levels. It imparts on us on those three levels. So it will impart on your spirit because it's through the blood of Jesus that cleanses our spirit and puts us into righteousness, right? Cleanses us of that sin nature. But then also it, it helps our minds. Because scripture in Hebrew says, how much more shall the blood of Jesus Christ purge our consciences from dead works? So people who are dealing with like mental illnesses and, and anxiety and depression, all of that stuff, Holy Communion can get to that level and cleanse you out. The blood of Jesus can purge your conscience from dead works, from 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 defeat of the past, from worry, from from anxiety. It, you're supposed to use, but Christian people they they take Holy Communion lightly. They they think they can do without it. They think you can just come in on Sunday once a month and take it. No, this is a weapon. You need to use this daily. You need to use it to seal your prayers. Because it makes you whole. When Paul said, and now may the Lord sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. So that's, that's there's threefold there. Sanctify you wholly, spirit, soul, and body. But then in 3 John, he says, I pray above all, beloved, I pray above all that you may prosper. That's talking physical. That's talking about prosperity in the sense of uh, financial well-being. Because it's that you may prosper and be in health. Be in health. So now he's talking about physical health. Even as thy soul prospers. Now, even as thy soul prospers, he's talking about that realm of your spirit and your soul. So Holy Communion attacks all three of these levels. And then it attacks, it imparts on your physical health. 
Because in 1 Corinthians chapter, let me find it here, chapter 11, this is what Paul says. Says, I have received of the Lord that which I have delivered unto you, yada, 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 that the Lord Jesus Christ, the same night he was betrayed, took the bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it, say, take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you, this in remembrance of me. After the same night, he took the cup. When he had stopped saying, this is the cup of the New Testament in my blood, this do as often, this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. So we can do it daily. We can do it every other day. But he says in part, in verse 28, it says, let a man examine himself so that he may eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. So when you drink it, when you eat, when you take Holy Communion, have reverence. Do not play with it. When you take it, expect a rebirth of your life. Expect renewal, restoration of your bones, joints, ligaments, your mind. But to see that it affects us on three levels, he says... In verse 30, 1 Corinthians 11, 30 says, for this cause, which cause? The, the people who do not esteem taking Holy Communion or who take it lightly. He says, for this cause, many are weak, sickly among you, and many are asleep, meaning many are dead. That means if you're to take it worthily and you take it with a heart of, 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 of gratitude and reverence, that means you're not supposed to be. That means it will affect your weakness and you'll become strong. It'll affect your sickness and make you healthy. And then when it comes to death, it will give you long life. It will give you long life. So point number eight was, I want you to walk in the divine health of Holy Communion and tell my children to practice this as often as possible. Okay. When you're taking Holy Communion, you can take scripture with it for different situations. If you're praying about your finances, you can take that scripture. Because remember, the word says in the beginning was the word. The word became, you know, the word was with God. The word, God, the word was God. But down, then you keep on reading, it says the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So when you, when you have a situation that you're trying to deal with, you need to take a scripture, you need to take a word and, and it, let it become flesh. Now, why would you tie Holy Communion to it? Because Holy Communion has the power, basically, is like a seal. Because his broken body, in John chapter 6, basically, it says, if you take he says, if you eat of this bread, my flesh, and drink my blood, you have eternal life. And I dwell in you, you dwell in me, and I dwell in you. This is in John chapter 6 from basically verses around 50 all the way down to the end of the chapter. So you can take Holy Communion around something, around a financial concern. Because... His broken body makes yours whole. So if your finances are broken, you need his, his body to make your finances whole. And you need his blood to overcome the weapons that are fashioned against your, finance, your finances.
So you can take different scriptures along with Holy Communion. If it is a health situation, you, you, you take those scriptures, you read them, you meditate them, and you take, after you read them, you take them with Holy Communion. If it's about your marriage, if it's about your health, it's about your dignity, whatever situation it is, take scripture with Holy Communion. Uh, point number 10, prayer strategies. Prayer strategies. Now, this is another series. As I said, I'm, I'm, I'm working on a series called Decoding the Mystery of Prayer and How Manifestation Works. So prayer strategies, just to quickly touch on this, is, is more along the lines of go into scripture, first of all, study the pattern of miracles or in, in all through scripture, you have a different people prayed about different things. You can see how they prayed and you can see how they got their answer and you can learn and duplicate that in your own life. If you're believing for a child, if you're a couple, if your family, you and your spouse are believing for a child, there's a way in which you, you can pray and that will give you the results that you want. There's different parts of scripture where people prayed for finances, people prayed for uh, financial breakthrough, they were in debt or a loved one had, had, had passed away. Um, just prayer strategies. More, pray the prayers you see in the Bible because they are Holy Ghost inspired. Pray the prayers Jesus prayed. Pray the prayers Paul prayed. Pray the prayers of other prophets, apostles, and uh, people who are anointed by God. Follow the pattern. Of, there's a pattern of prayer. There's something called raising an altar. And so much revelation has come to me on this specific subject, um, which ties into a series I'm, I'm working on that I'll get to share on here called Decoding the Mystery of Prayer and Manifestation. Before you pray for something, you need a prayer strategy. Scripture says before a man builds a tower, he has to count the cost. When you have a problem, and this is new revelation to me, it's, it's, it's been coming just the last couple of months. The first thing you do is to say, how are we going to attack this? You ask the Holy Spirit for a strategy. You see, Jesus had a strategy. He did not do every miracle the same way. He had a miracle strategy. He, 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 had, a, he had a strategy on how to attack the issues that he was faced with. Some in some situations he spat on the person's eyes. In other situations he spat on the ground, rolled up clay, rubbed it on the person's eyes. In other places he just touched their eyes. In other situations he told them go and wash in the pool. So Jesus did things differently because every situation has a different obstacle of darkness that is that is holding that stronghold. Every evil spirit, they don't all respond to the same weapon. As I says, for the weapons of our warfare, he does not say the weapon of our warfare. He says the weapons of our warfare. That means there's different weapons. The reason you have different weapons is because sometimes you need a shotgun. You know, sometimes you need a rifle. 
because every weapon will 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 counter the enemy differently you know in some fights you need a gun in some fights you need a you need a knife but if you bring a knife to a gunfight chances are that you're going to lose you know sometimes you don't need a gun you don't need a knife you just need to square up fists so you, we need to understand these different weapons we have. So you need to know before you get into praying or attacking this issue and say, what weapons do I need to use? Say, Holy Spirit, what weapons of warfare do I need right now? Is it prayer? Is it fasting? Is it praise? Is it thanksgiving? Is it worship? Is it an offering? Is it a seed? Is it repentance? That's a weapon that I've, I, I never used to use a lot, repentance. Because repentance cleanses you from filth. When you sin, it's like you attract Satan, because Satan is sin. When you sin, you attract his nature. It, when you sin, it gives off a foul smell. And a foul smell attracts flies. So when you sin, it doesn't mean you're out of righteousness with God. No, your righteousness is intact. But the issue is that now there is this aura of sin that attracts sickness, disease, defeat, downfall, stumbling, obstacles come up because of sin. That's sin. He says the wages of sin is death. Now that does not only mean, it can mean physical death. Or it can mean spiritual death. It can mean financial death. So the wages of sin is death. That's what you need to understand. So that's what you need to understand. So repentance is also a weapon of warfare. Because when you repent, you cleanse yourself of this look of unrighteousness. And and it puts and, and and it also helps your faith. It's like faith cannot really work in an unforgiving heart. You need to forgive. You need to repent. Just cleanse yourself and say, Lord, I'm pretty sure that I messed up some things today, and I don't want Satan. The Bible calls Satan uh, the the accuser of the brethren, which means in the courts of heaven, Satan can try to put things on you. Because there's an aura of sin and filth that you have around you. But once you repent, your garment is purified. It starts uh, shining white all over again without any stains on it. So, so the aura around you every time you repent changes. It doesn't attract uh, the 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 effects of, of 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 spiritual death so yeah so so repentance is also a weapon now study the pattern of miracles and you will know the expected pattern of manifestation and know how to repeat them you know jesus said the the works that i do you shall do even greater works than this now as a body of christ i don't believe we've done all the works that jesus did uh 
let alone to start doing greater works than he did. But if you say the works that I do, you shall do even greater works than these, which means there's a pattern of doing miracles. You can, you can, you can cause miracles to happen. They, this is a revelation. I'm just catching wind of. I'm trying to apply it in my life. And, and there's a few people that I'm, I'm, I'm with, and we're also doing the same thing. And we're like, wow, you can actually get miracles to happen. Because Jesus said, the works that I do, you will do, and greater works than these. But you have to study the pattern of how, when this person was in this situation, what did they do that caused the miracle to happen? What did they do that caused the power of God to flow? You know? So, and, and then point number 12 was place a demand on the anointing. And this is all I spoke about in part one. Place a demand on the anointing and power of God by increasing your expectation of deliverance. In whatever area you are in, whatever season of your life you're in, increase your expectation. If I spent a lot of time in part one talking about how we can place a demand on the anointing and power of God, so you're going to have to go back and listen you will need to go back and listen to part one to understand point number 12 which is place a how to place a demand on the anointing and power of god to move in your life there's so many examples we used we looked at from scripture where people could have done without but they go to a point in their lives and say i gotta have mine today i gotta be healed today i gotta get my delivery today i have to be blessed today and their expectation and basically attitude of saying, I'm going to wrestle with you, God, like I'm like, Jake, I'm going to wrestle with you until you bless me today. They were able to uh, get the power of God to flow in their lives in that moment. They could have waited, but that's not what they did. So I go in there look at look, 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 look listen to part one and yeah so i'm now gonna go into i'm gonna go into uh the ministration that i received on september 1st and these will these are also some really 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 good points for us to look at as um, I'm just trying to number them here quickly, but yeah, so let's, let's look at this. This is from September 1st. What I just went through was August 31st. So basically the previous day and yeah. So, okay. Point number one, tell which ties exactly into, I love this into the previous day into point number 12 from August 31st, which was plus a demand on the anointing and manifestation. September 1st, point number one, tell my children I want to manifest myself to them daily. I want them to, point number two, I want them to go from faith to faith and from glory to glory. Point number three, 
Many of my children don't believe their prayers can be answered immediately. They have been used to waiting, but I am pouring out my spirit on them. Point number four, I only ask them to be willing and obedient and hearken unto my voice, and I will give them specific instructions that manifest my glory in their lives immediately. Point number five, I'm still asking whom shall I send? And anyone that says, send me, Lord, that will I send. Point number six, I sent Moses as a God before Pharaoh. I want to send my children in the same anointing before the world. Wow. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That's so beautiful and powerful. Point number seven, increase your expectation from this will take time to this will come soon and immediately. Wow. Point number eight. Prophetic agendas are tied to specific times, as I told Habakkuk. But whoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So to clarify on that, basically what this means is that, yes, there are certain things that fall under the category of destiny and prophetic agendas which means god has set an appointed time for that thing to happen everything else outside a prophetic agenda really its manifestation comes down to how aggressive we are with placing a demand on the anointing of god because everything outside the prophetic agenda means god god has already supplied it he says, by his stripes, you are healed. So according to him, you were healed back then. So you still, healing is still, it's available. So you don't have to endure the sickness for 10 years. No, you can be healed right away. When you change your expectation from this will take time to I will be healed today. Then the power of God goes from it will manifest in 10 years, it will manifest next week to Okay, my son or my daughter want me to manifest myself to them today. That's the demand that they're placing on my anointing. And that's what happens. Okay, let's go into this, this, this next set of points. Point number nine, I've already gone before you. Wow. Point number 10, all things are possible to he that believes. Point number 11, if it's good for you, I will give it to you. Point number 12, if you can handle it, I will let you have it. Point number 13, if it brings souls into my kingdom, I will let you possess it. Point number 14, I am the Lord and I, and I change not. Point number 15, I can bless you with spiritual gifts as well as material gifts. As you can see, there's a flow in which these things are communicated. It sounds very familiar to scripture because that's how the Lord normally talks. But listen, point number 15 say, point number 14, he said, I am the Lord and I change not. Point number 15 said, I can bless you with spiritual gifts as well as material gifts. Point up now, remember, I am the one who numbered them. So just for reference, 
point number 16. No, point number 15, just to repeat that, he says, I can bless you with spiritual gifts as well as material gifts. In fact, I want to bless you with both. Point number 17, don't be scared to ask me. Point number 18, don't be scared to believe me again. Point number 19, I am a loving father. Point number 20, which will now make sense into how all of these have been said. I knew the children of Israel would disobey me and forget me even after I would bless them. And I still blessed them. Wow. When I first read this and received this and even reading it again, it blows my mind. What kind of person, how many of us, if you knew that your children out of your loins, that your children would disown you, how many of you would still bless them in the same way? If you had insight that the moment this child turns 16 or 15 or 18, they are going to turn around and disown me. Then they won't want to do anything with me. With that information, would you still love them with the same degree, with the same magnitude? But you see, God is in a class of, him, of, of his own. He said, I knew the children of Israel would disobey me and forget me even after I would bless them and I still bless them. He could have easily said, oh, he could have easily held back some of the blessings. He could have been a little bit, you know, like reserved, but he still blessed them knowing that they would still go into that land and start worshiping fallen idols. And sometimes people are, they, they, they try to blame things on God and they say, because on one hand, when there's evil, they, they want him to soup down and just burn up everybody. But on the other hand, they, you see, his nature here says, I know you're going to betray me. I know you're going to disown me, but I'll still bless you with the full portion of my love. So people on one hand, they don't understand that it is out of the love of God that he lets these things happen because he wants, he doesn't want people to come to him out of fear. God wants to be loved. Scripture says we love him because he first loved us. God is love. So when I was talking to one guy who was homeless, I was, I was saying, on one hand, you're complaining that God is not coming down every, every time something bad happens in the world. But on the other hand, you want your willpower. You know, you don't want him watch, you don't, you don't want, you don't want someone telling you, oh, don't be smoking, don't be getting drunk, don't be fornicating, don't be committing adultery. So on one hand, you want him to exert his sovereignty. 
But on the other hand, you don't want it. So what does God say? This is no, 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 no. I'm going to give you your willpower. You do whatever you want. And unfortunately, I'm not going to now stop in to stop you from self-distracting. Because I will be taking your willpower away from you. Go ahead. Go ahead and, and get drunk and do all, smoke, do all the drugs you want to do. Go ahead and, and sleep with whoever you want to sleep with. Go ahead and, and embezzle funds. Go ahead and, but he says, because if I stop in and I stop you with terror, your relationship with me will always now be based on or lightning is going to strike me. No, even in our own as, as human beings, no parent wants the, to, to receive respect out of fear. I mean, as a parent, you want your children to love you because of your goodness, to love you because they love you, not to love you because they have to. God doesn't want us to love him because we have to. That's why he's given us willpower to the full range that sometimes it causes us to self-destruct. It's because if he always intervenes at those moments with sovereignty and terror, it, 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 your relationship will never be genuine and pure. It will always be from a position of fear, of torment. You'll always be looking around thinking, oh, he can send down lightning anytime to strike me. He doesn't want us to live like that. I mean, God has the capability to, to speak and all the earth will hear him say something. At one time, everybody in every country will hear a voice out of the sky. He has the power to do that. But I, keep, I kept on asking him, say, I said, why haven't you ever really revealed yourself to us with one of these things? Maybe just one day, just right in the sky, I am God and I am watching and, and, and just leave it there for a day. Rain or shine. Let it just be there, bold. And he said, it would affect my relationship with everyone. Because people will start looking over their shoulders. People won't genuinely live the lives that they feel led to live. So sometimes I wish that's what he would do. But you see, that's not his style. He wants genuine love shown to him by his children, by his creation. Anyway, so that was point number 20. I knew the children of Israel would disobey me and forget me even after I would bless them, and I still blessed them. Point number 21. You are all precious to me. Yes. 22. I'm easy to receive from. Wow. God is easy to receive from. We've overcomplicated this thing. And I am learning so many things this year, especially in the last couple of weeks. God is actually easy to receive from. 23. Point 23. I'm releasing anointings of deliverance from 
all forms of oppression. People are oppressed right now in the world. And God is saying, I'm releasing anointings of deliverance from all forms of oppression. Point number 24. Since it grieves me when my children are oppressed because I created them to show off my glory. That bears repeating. It grieves me when my children are oppressed because I created them for my glory. So point number 25. Come, let's reason together. Point number 25. Once again, come, let's reason together. Point number 26. We have a lot of work to do, and I'm ready to equip my children with all the tools they need. Point number six, once again. We have a lot of work to do, and I'm ready to equip my children with all the tools they need. Point 27. I love you, and the sooner we do this work, the sooner we can be together. Point 28. No, I repeat 27. I love you. And the sooner we do this work, the sooner we can be together. Point 28, which was the last one. He that has ears, let him hear what I'm saying to my children. He that has ears, let him hear what I'm saying to my children. Thank you, Abba Father, and for our Lord Jesus Christ for these ministrations. We thank you for speaking to us and reassuring us about your goodness, your mercy, and your love, and your faithfulness, which endures forever. Once again, this was Unplugged, and I hope this episode blessed your heart. Take some time to meditate on some of these things. Really listen to this. Share them with whoever you can. Specifically, make sure that you listen to part one and part two. But thank you for tuning in. And I hope this episode blessed your heart. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode.